Hey there, everybody. It's Jeff. About 10 or so years ago, I was lucky enough to be the engineer for a little comedy podcast called Mike and Ike's All-Star Summer Jamboree, featuring, naturally, Mike and Ike. Now, who are Mike and Ike, you may ask? Well, they were two immortal alien stoners who came to Earth to be entertainment gurus. They reviewed films, they reviewed TV, they even reviewed theater for a while. In fact, they were the officially acknowledged official spokeshorse for Evil Dead the Musical and the officially acknowledged unofficial spokeshorse for Reanimator the Musical. Their podcast started out as a, a comedy show where they would just talk about movies and TV, but it eventually branched off into interviews, and they had some pretty big gets. Um, their interview with Barry Bostwick is already posted on this particular website called Fork Scorpion. Well, thanks to a gift from God or the devil, depending on how you feel about the boys, a treasure trove of ass jams, all-star summer jamboree, that were thought lost have been recovered. Uh, I have been going over them, and they are actually pretty fucking funny. So we're going to occasionally post them up here just to confuse the hell out of you. And first, we present a Really funny chat with a really great guy. Javier Grillo Markswatch is the creator of one of my favorite television shows and the boys, uh, The Middleman. He also worked on Lost, the Dark Crystal Netflix series. He's been pretty, he's worked on all the cool stuff and he is an amazingly cool guy. Now, the point of this particular interview is that he was doing a crowdfunding campaign way back when to finance a Middleman comic book. And the boys had him on to talk about that, to talk about Lost, and most importantly, to talk about Howard the Duck. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mike and Ike and Javi. Apart from the fact that Howard's not Howard in any way, shape, or form, even the Gene Colan's version, you know what I mean? This is some weird, weird, pussified Howard. I kind of like the movie a little bit. Jeffrey Jones makes me giggle. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's the thing. Like, what pleasure could you possibly get get from that film? I mean, it basically destroys our favorite character. 
it's, you know, it was Jeffrey it Jones. It was entirely an actor thing. I just remember. <laughs> but you kept it, thinking of the you kept thinking of the Emperor from Amadeus. Is that what happened? You're just like, oh, I have too many notes. How funny. I mean, what? What did he do in that film? Other than turn into a giant space scorpion? That was pretty cool. I just remember his just even with the voice. Oh God, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, my head is on a chain right now. No, I'm not. I'm gonna own up on this. Do it. In the diner, just one line in particular, in the diner, why won't you help him? She took away my eggs. That just made me giggle. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Actually, I mean, you, you, you know, there are a couple of, you know, fun performances in that film. That's true. It's a horrible film. Like I said, but I mean, my just... jaw was, I'll use this phrase again only in a bad way, my jaw was on my dick throughout the entire thing because that comic... <laughs> wow! Is that, that does comic that you a big dick or like your jaw was op- you wide open? Is that or you know a little bit of both? Where was the where was the meeting point for these two things? <laughs> That's kind of the, the important metric we need to get into here. It was midpoint of my lap. Oh, I, 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 oh! you promised you weren't gonna talk about that anymore. <laughs> oh, I thought I wasn't gonna talk about the other thing. Okay, well then I'll go wash right. my hand. All right, good idea. Well, All right, now well, wait, we'll get back to this. We should probably introduce you first, and then we'll get back to this conversation right. because I, I we I want to ask you one more Howard question here. All right, Nuggets. Um, okay, how do we? I, you, 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 I need to fill up so you introduce you get to introduce ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of adopted parents we've got one of the greatest guests we could ever ask for here on the ash jam this guy beats mary i don't know about he does no, he beats mary no, you do no, you do no, do. no for one reason for one reason and it's, it's it's one word maybe two words but we'll get to that in a minute but this beats mary for that reason middle movie middle movie Middle movie. Middle movie. All right. So, yeah. Um, um, special guest, would you enter and sign in, please? Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, do, do, do you need for me to say my name now? Is that is that signing in? Yes. Okay. My name is Javier Grigio, Mark Swatch. That's how you say the middle one. All right. That's how appropriate how... <laughs> is that? The middle one? <laughs> okay. That's right, Nuggets. We've got Mr. JavaScript himself here on the oh, show. Dude, you actually did that. Oh, and how many times have you heard that one, sir? Never. Oh, way to go, Lama. Yes, way I to actually go, did that. I broke ground, damn that, it. That, that, that makes me happy. I don't, we don't even know where to start with who we're sitting middle with at Middle Movie. We don't know where we're going to start with this guy, but we're, we're going to start with Howard the Duck. Now, you said on the Facebook that, you know, you want to bring back Howard and just, that makes me very happy. How would you, what, how would you do it? I, and it's, we'll save the specific question for the end. Cause we do have one, which is what kind of tone would you go for? Would you go for colon? Would you go for Gerber? Oh, Gerber, Gerber. I mean, I, I look, I love all, all, I love most incarnations of Howard the duck, obviously. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, Gene Colon's a master and Steve Gerber's a master, but I think that you really want to go back to that. Those first, you know, Howard the Duck short stories, like the Vampire Cow and things like that. Like, Hell you really want to, you know, yeah. Now you want to do a really sort of absurdist Howard the Duck, and you know, I think, uh, I think, I think you, you, you take, you basically do all Howard the Duck, right? Except for the movie, you know, just to just 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 pretend that the movie, the movie should that that movie should be like Star Trek Five or. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. Godfather 3. Okay. I don't know. Hang on. I got to throw out, like, I threw out the defense of one line in Howard. I'm going to throw out the defense of one line in Star Trek 5. And really? I can't believe I'm actually defending Shatner on this, but this just made me giddy when he said this. Excuse me. What does God need Why? with a starship? Why? Need a starship. Why? Yeah, exactly. That, that, Maybe it was the line. It, that just made me happy. But anyway, <laughs> it was the delivery, and you know it. Yeah, it's yeah. not really. It's not really as good as as. It doesn't that he at one point say like, 
Baked beans and bourbon are an explosive combination. Yes. yes <laughs> oh my yes, god. Oh god. Just whenever whenever you think there's anything good about Star Trek Five, just remember Bones, Kirk, and McCoy singing "Row, row, row your boat." Row your boat. You know, just just think about that. Just think, just think about Shatner's sort of ass as he's crawling up uh, El Capitan. Just to, think of Spock's jet boots. You know? <laughs> now, do you think of, think of water... Lawrence Luck and Villa? Si- you know what? Think of the kids. Think of the children. <laughs> I've right, shown I've shown some children Howard the Duck when they're bad. Oh, oh. that's right. I went there. You know I'm going to call Child Protective Services on you. That's already that's happened. Were you were you on the uh, were you on the Mexican dirt at the time? Is that what happened? You like uh, had a little bit too much of the hippie lettuce and you like uh, showed it to the kids. Is that is that what happened? Oh no no we don't go near kids. No, the then, kids then, <laughs> never the, the kids took our hippie lettuce. That's what they wrote. <laughs> you know we right. you know we woke up half naked and handcuffs and fifty thousand dollars poor. Yeah, and Star Trek Five was playing on a on a very large screen television. That's what happens. I, I actually, no, I think it was the green slime when we woke up. Oh, music by Dario Argento and the Goblins. A great film, The Green Slime. That's right, Nuggets. That's right. We're gonna get obscure in this episode. That's right. No, this it's on. Can I can I swear? Please do. We Fucking please okay, do. So. Oh yeah. Okay, this makes us happy. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, go nuts. So okay. I write the middleman, but I'm not the middleman. I I I I have a, a uh, I, I enjoy the profanity. As do we, as we do we. We enjoy a lot of the profanity in middlemen. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, the beep. Well, we'll get to that. We, we got to okay. save the goodness. There, there, there is some other stuff we got to go we're, to. We have to save the, okay, look, you just have the goodness right now, but let's go. Okay. Oh, no, we're let's getting to the that's... goodness. We're getting to the goodness. goodness. There's more goodness here. We also really loved your episode of SVU. Oh, indeed. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. That was so fantastic. Zach Morris ass-raped. Is that, is yes, that that's exactly. That made us yeah. happy. That made us happy. No, dude, SVU is our show. That's our SVU. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the only one we watch. As long, that's the only Law & Order we watch. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can see that. I, I was a Jerry Orbach uh, classic Law & Order guy. Uh, but I, I do enjoy the SVU. And, and look, it's, I mean, it, also Elizabeth Banks was in that. Uh, so, so it was really like... Like uh, like like uh, Zach Morris uh, got got butt violated in that episode, which was fantastic. And then uh, uh, what's her name from the Hunger Games? He uh, wasn't saved by the bell that time. He was not saved by the bell. That is, and of course Effie Trinket on all fours, surrounded by guys in tool belts, was also like a big 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 guy part of that episode that I just look at and go, thank God I did that. <laughs> Indeed, that was my favorite job. This is this is we're 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 talking to a guy who wrote for SVU this time. No, we're talking about a man who wrote one of the greatest rape scenes ever. Uh, It's 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 a woman that I pretend to call my mother's favorite show is Medium when she found out that you know that you did some Medium and that you did uh uh well the middleman she loves the middleman too I'm not gonna lie you know it was just like her jaw dropped. (laughs) Hopefully not on her dick. No, Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, that's no, gone yeah, for the day. That's I, gone I, for the day. I, I yeah, but yeah, it's a lot of people that we know, it's like your name popped up and everybody's jaw dropped down to their dicks for at least one <laughs> thing or another. But um, all right, since since the since it's the crowdfunding, let's get to the fun. We'll we'll, we'll uh, bounce around okay, while we're going, but let's get to the fun. Let's do it. Let's beg for money. Let's How is it. the project doing as of now, sir? Have you checked this morning? Uh, uh okay, we can actually look at it right now because I'm on my computer. Uh, I am updated on a pre-recorded show. We are at. Thirty-one thousand seven hundred and holy Toledo, thirty-one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars in in like uh, four days. It's it's amazing. And what is the and what is the number that you were going for? Well, we're hoping to hit thirty-seven. And you are at what? Thirty-one. 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 Seven fifty. You got fans. Oh my God! No, it's really amazing. Middle movie. 
Well, here's the thing. We were only on for like 12 episodes. Like, you know, Veronica Mars is making a movie, but they were on for three years. I don't know if like 12 episodes gets us a movie, you know? Middle movie. Middle movie. I, hey, hey, you know, you know the thing is out there. You can, you know, hell, if you have to, now that you know this works, crowdfund a movie a year or two down the line. Look, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay, so like, so, so let's say we crowdfund a movie, right? And we do Indiegogo. We got flexible funding and we asked for $5 million, right? And then instead we get like 20, right? And then I still get the money, so I have to make a movie. And then like Natalie and Matt, like I kind of bully rag them into coming to my house and they're sort of standing in the backyard wearing like costumes made out of toilet paper. I'm shooting with a Canon 5D. That's not a movie you want to see, is it? <laughs> middle movie. Wait, is, that, is that how you want it to the middle movie to be? Like just kind of like, ah, oh, hello, we're here in our backyard. Uh, look, a monster. Uh, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Kermit the like, Frog is the middle man. I like <laughs> Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy is the middle man and Wendy. You know, yeah, I, th I think for, for, you know, here's the thing. 31,750 is incredible. That's awesome. I mean, Congratulations. If we make 37, we're going to be in a great shape to do the comic book and all that. But, you know, that's that's like craft services for one episode of Lost. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, we have to keep in perspective that, you know, we have a nice fan following and they are awesome and they're being so generous. And it's like just, you know, I kind of want to cry a little bit. But um but you know, like, like I think that the comic book is 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 a is a really good way of of getting all of that middleman goodness without having to compromise, you know. Middle movie. Middle movie. Okay. <laughs> next question. Um, this is this is something I've always wanted to know. Oh, it's yeah. how you said that Millman was originally envisioned as a TV show. Once you finally got to pitch it, how the hell did you pitch this? show to abc family and did you honestly expect them to go for it well i'll tell you about the first time i pitched the middleman to anybody was actually was before it was was an early version of it and i got a meeting at nbc and i went and pitched it to them and actually wendy wasn't in the show it was just the middleman and his adventures and it was just the middleman and ida right and then the first story for that version of the middleman was going to be that there were these hominids who were taking over the post office um so like the the teaser of it was like a mail truck goes like on in a cul-de-sac and then like uh <laughs> And then, like, you know, the guy's going to, to take letters out of the mailbox and then some hands go <laughs> and grab him, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it was, yeah, hominis. And, and they just looked at me like I had two heads and was licking them with both of them, you know? <laughs> I mean, they were just like... So then I, I took it back and then I created Wendy as, as the sort of, uh, you know, human point of view character. And then that really kind of changed things around. And with ABC Family, what happened was that they... they um, <clears throat> I had made the comic book with Les... And um, I, I was I was friends with um, Kate Jurgens, who was a, a vice president uh, for programming there, and who, who's now uh, I think executive senior grand vizier over there. And um, and and so I gave her the comic book, and then that's actually what closed the deal. I didn't I didn't have to pitch it. You know, I had to talk to them about what my, what I would want to do with it and all that. But the comic book is really what sold it because when you tell people you want to have chimps with machine guns, they think you're crazy. But when they see it in a comic book, they go, "Well, it's a comic book." <laughs> so. That's kind of how that went. So actually, the comic book was crucial to selling the show. Wow. Would you recommend yeah. for future projects of any obscurity to just submit comic books? Uh, you know what? I, I think that the comic book, the comic book was a great way of showing a proof of visual concept, you know? Like, I mean, I think getting into comic books because you want to make a TV show is kind of like becoming a doctor because you like golf. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you want to make you know you want to make a good comic book. You don't want to just make some shitty comic book that then is going to be like, oh, this is my glorified. Team. I've seen a lot of comic books that you just go like, dude, this is your busted pilot. I can tell, you know. <laughs> um, and, and there's a lot of books and a lot of companies that just seem to specialize in doing that. And and they, you know, I, I wrote this as a TV script. 
it was it, it was a full work of art with with its own sort of integrity when I wrote it. And the comic book was like a really great way of showing it off. But I had already you know I had a beginning, middle, and end, and a story and all that. So I think you have to be very um, judicious about how you do that and to make sure also i mean look i think the middleman is uniquely suited for comics it was about you know chimps with machine guns for god's sakes you know so you know <laughs> that's sort of indeed a... <laughs> which is why we need to get this new project off the ground now where can yes. people go to donate to that oh yeah it's time for the horn please do the okay, official horn. Horn! <laughs> here we go uh yes you'll send me to my grave in a y-shaped coffin uh <laughs> that's a line from joe orton that's not my joke uh okay so uh if you go to o2sdk.com which, as you know, is the acronym for Organization Too Secretive to Know, um, then uh, then that'll take you to our Indiegogo campaign page where you can donate or just look at it. It has <laughs> pictures. It has it, pictures, and it's got a video of me being very animated. So, yeah, just, you know, whatever. If you want to donate, donate. If you don't. What the fuck am I gonna do? You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, back to the back to back to our show. Seriously, yes. you gotta understand, man. When that when, I remember when the just seeing the commercials for Middleman on oh, ABC can Family I, can and I, going. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I can I can I tell you something? There is a shout out to the Howard the Duck movie in the new Middleman script for the new comic book. That's right. Oh boy. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah, it's actually uh, th there is a, a cosmic uh, phenomenon that's referenced in it. And it's it is the nexus of Sominus, which is of course nice. Yes, All right, it is. cool. Yeah. So there you go. So maybe I don't hate that movie entirely. Very nice. That makes me uh, happy. See, right. it's, so it's, phrases, it's, it's phrases like that that make me convinced that you should be in charge of any and all children's television shows. <laughs> Well, you know, Middleman, Middleman was on ABC Family. I think part of the charm is that kids can watch it. All the dirty jokes kind of go over their heads, and then, you know, the adults can enjoy those, so it's all good. And you beeped all the fun stuff anyway, so. I, it, it, did you, how to, how, to, how to ask this one? With a question. Oh, that's good. Thanks very much. Just blurted out. I'm, I'm strong. I'm, 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 I'm able. Uh, well, uh, ha hang on here. Hang on. Ha hang on. <laughs> <laughs> really? Ah, all right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <sighs> no, okay, go, you go ahead, I'll ask. <laughs> Going into production on The Middleman, I mean, if no Ida, if, Ida, if Ida were here, she'd be like, why don't you guys interview me and stop sucking on some leprechaun's hairy beaver? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Because the leprechaun's hairy beaver makes us want to talk to you more, so... Oh! <laughs> all right, all right, then go ahead and hit Puff the Magic Dragon for all I care. <laughs> no, it's Falcor, okay. actually. That is a luck dragon. <laughs> That, that is that is the name of our bull, Falcor. He is the never-ending story. <laughs> is it is it like a white muppet? Is it like a large white muppet? Sort of a you know your your bull? No, it's a nice good old-fashioned wooden pipe. One that no matter how much you pop on it, there's always something green on the bottom. You can't uh, finish uh, this bowl. And now uh, the feds know even more. Yes, yes. No ass hits off of that pipe. Very Still nice. Okay. No idea what he looks like. <laughs> That's true. Falcor has remained hidden all this time. But anyway, okay, going yes. into production. We went into production. Yes. How, uh, how? What kind of expectations did you have? Did you think you were going to make it to season two going in? Did you think we're going to grab what we can and make everything? I mean, what was? What were you thinking just going into it? This is a show that had zombie trout in it. For exactly. God. We had no expectation of any kind of survival. Okay, and frankly, their expectations were met. Uh, <laughs> no, what happened, you know, I'll, t I'll tell you what, um, Paul Lee, who's the president of ABC Family at the time, nicest man ever, uh, very truthful executive, he would, he would call me, and I had a great conversation with him, 
this is after the third or fourth episode air, and I'm like, are we canceled? And he goes, no, you're not canceled. And I'm like, because the ratings suck. And he goes, oh, yeah, they're really bad. And I'm like, I know, right? Are we canceled? And he goes, no. Uh, we love the show. We love you. Just keep making it. We'll make as many as we can until we run out of money. And that's what we did. So, wow. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Fantastic. And he said, and he said, look, we're going to, we'll, we'll find, we'll find a great company like Shout Factory that did the DVD for Freaks and Geeks. And they did. And we'll put a great DVD out and you're going to be that show. And we just, and, and I just remember thinking, that's great. And it just happened. We ran out of money, not ran out of money, but, but had a little shortfall on the 12th episode. So we stopped there. But honestly, yeah, but you ended Everybody. with an Escape from New York episode. Yes, so, yes. I mean, that's, you went out with a bang. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. And, and I got to tell you, that's one of the cool things is, you know, with only having so uh, having so few episodes, this kind of uh-huh. ranks up there with Police Squad and Max Headroom. <laughs> it shows that, you know, just we're too good for TV. God bless you, sir. You know, t- take another take another hit off that jazz cigarette for me. Now uh, I will. You... I will. Okay, Lamy, you go first. <laughs> you know what? Um... I uh, Brian Ward. Oh, there, oh my God, those are those are some like bad company hits. <laughs> so, uh, Brian Ward, who produced the DVD for the Middleman, is a huge Max Headroom fan. Was instrumental for getting the Max Headroom DVDs made. And when and when Shout oh, Factory, we know Brian. We 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 know Brian. Okay. Well, you know when when Shout Factory got that Max Headroom DVD out, Brian called me and said, "Do you want to be like the Charlie Rose of Max Headroom?" <laughs> and I did all the interviews on that DVD. Not all of them. I did some of the interviews on that. I interviewed Rocky Morton. And I did a roundtable with uh, Jeffrey Tambor and Amanda Pays. Uh, 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 I mean, it was amazing. It was like you know, you literally just see me with like the entire cast except for Matt Furrer, and it was like a, it was like the geekiest, most awesome thing ever. So yeah, <laughs> I got to tell Amanda Pays to her face that she is a nerd goddess. <laughs> All right, that's pretty. Awesome. Looked at me sort of horrified and went, "Nerd goddess." <laughs> Uh, I think. Oh God! What What would you say? What's your favorite episode of the show? Since we're fan geeking out of middleman, what is your favorite? And we have him. What's your favorite? Oh, I've, I can't. I can't say no to the Escape from New York parody. Hell no! I love that one. I'm a huge Snake Plissken fan. You know that. It's, uh, all right. I still want Escape from Earth. God damn it! Well, yeah, yeah. It'll never happen, but it would still be nice. Let's submit it to Harvey. Would you do Escape from Earth? I would love to write an Escape from New York, uh, Escape from New York, a true Escape from New York sequel. You know, I, I think Escape from LA is kind of like it's not quite the Godfather three of Escape from New York, but it's not very good, is it? It's it's a guilty pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. I, it, yep. I, to me, it almost feels like a Carpenter was spoofing the first film intentionally. So that's the kind yes. of vibe that I got. So I give it a pass. Okay, okay. And there's some great things in it, like Shirley Walker's score is amazing. Yeah. yeah. His uniform, his costume is fucking great, right? Oh, absolutely. The surfing yeah. sequence is a little bit over the top, but it's got Peter Fonda. But Steve so you Buscemi know I mean? fucking deserved it, and you know it. Bruce Campbell as the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills, and of course the, the, the infamous uh, pistol dueling scene, the Bangkok rule scene. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Yes, yes. yes. I, I, I actually did that in a bar once. It didn't work. Anyway. <laughs> All right, my, my episode, I can give you my episode uh, by asking you a question, actually. Sure. How did you write Sensei Ping in the script? <laughs> Yeah, Sensei Ping was in the second Middleman comic book, and that that script is pretty much a a. But no, but actually, but the way that he says it, Sensei Ping. Yes, was that written that, in the script? That was Mark DeCosco's thing. He's amazing, isn't he hysterical? <laughs> that was that was Mark. That was oh my god, that makes me so happy. Wow. Let me tell you Mark DeCosco's is not only like a really fun actor. He's really good. I know he's he's done a lot of like different things, and he's been the chairman and all that. But I loved him. He was. Uh, he, he was fantastic in that role. He was the nicest guy ever. And you know why he's the nicest guy ever? Because he could kick everyone's ass. 
That's right. There is nobody. I mean, he just he's basically like he's just so secure and and he would also come up with stuff like, you know, like I told him about how his shirt was going to come off and it was going to explode off of him. And then he he, he just I mean, and he had like an idea about having like a sash that he would turn over when the shit was on and stuff. Like, he was just great. He was. And I think he was actually the, the, the person who convinced me to have Sensei Pink take his mask off at the end of the episode. Oh, wow. Uh, All yeah. right. All right. Because originally I wasn't going to have him take the mask off ever, but I thought, you know, and we talked about it, and he was he was amazing, nicest guy ever. Well, good for Sensei P. Ping. He had to get one in, too, seriously. <laughs> that, okay, I'm going to try and say it here. It's a Lich lit, Lich Litzel. It's a Lich lit, Lich Litzel, that's right. Yes, I mean, okay, I'll be, I'm, okay, that I'm happy. That comes from the creator. <laughs> well played. <laughs> and how you did, know, okay, I, did, did I, you have... Tell the, Wait, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, no, I just had to ask, did, did you have the... Uh, how did you just have written in the script the uh, was it just a foot stomp for the soda pop? <laughs> Actually, Andy Reeser came up with that, and he had to show all the actors how to do it. <laughs> that was Andy Reeser's idea. Um, you know, I right, now, you. Okay. okay, I would love. No, so he, he was going to say something. Now I'm sorry. Yes, please. Oh, speak, no, I was going to say that, that the the, uh, the the story about how we got the uh, the 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 the, um, the the Mexican pyramid that was actually the set. For the like, okay, so let's so we could not find a Mayan temple in LA to save our lives, and I was saying like, well, there's a Mayan theater, maybe we could shoot in the lobby of it or something. And then like one day I get a call from our, I mean, and we thought we were gonna have to scrap that part of the episode, and I get a call from our production designer, and she's like, we have the Mayan pyramid. I'm like, where the hell did you find a Mayan pyramid? And she says, the set's being trucked over right now. We've rented it. It's actually the set from the Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Crystal Skull, uh, with the the, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Happy Meal commercial. <laughs> and it was like a set that cost two million dollars to build. They did it for a commercial. Like if you look, there's like a table on the set where the burger would have gone, right? <laughs> and they trucked it over, and we shot our whole our whole episode there. So there you now, go. Now we have to rewatch that like tonight. <laughs> oh, we've got no, to yeah. look for that. No, not no, no. I will not be responsible for anybody watching Crystal Skull ever. No, okay. no, you mean your episode, not the... Oh, we, we don't care about that. No, I saw Crystal Skull once, and that's why I only have one eye now. Yeah. <laughs> I stabbed it. I, I stabbed it out. Rightly deserved it, though. That was, yeah, it, right. was it was painful. It was Setting painful. Leg because I bit my leg off to, to leave that theater. You know, you know Crystal Skull's the only film I've walked out of in the last 20 years? Okay, I, here's mine. Let me wait, see. Wait, wait. Let's, oh, I, go I gotta ask him. What did it for you? Why did you have to walk out? Um... There was a scene where uh, they were on these cars and they were chopping up the, the, the forest. Oh, yeah. And then Shia LaBeouf is on top of one car and then Rosa Klebb is on top of another and they're sword fighting. And I, you know, I just stood up and I was I literally like, like they're, sword, they're, they're fencing and, and Marion Ravenwood is telling Shia how to fence and she's going, plie, pare, whatever the fuck it is. And I just, I literally just stood up and said, I can't fucking handle this anymore. It's, I'm done. And then I and and I I have not seen the rest of that film. I just I couldn't do it. You're lucky. Yeah. You're, 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 I, be, I believe I walked out after Indy crawled out of the refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. He's a... <laughs> yeah. You know what? But you know what? Of of all the things in that movie, that's actually not my least favorite part of the movie. I think I don't know that the refri is the refrigerator really that egregiously bad. I don't know. Really, guys. For me, yeah. for an Indiana Jones film, yes, it was. If he would have came out of a Nazi coffin, I would have been a little bit more enthusiastic about it. But no, a fucking refrigerator. It's the Deus Ex Machinist, or however the hell you pronounce it. It's just, it really it did. It, it made the short hairs burn, dude. No, right, me? Okay. okay, here's a fan geek test. Let's see if you remember this flick. The last thing that I walked out of, God help me, was Warriors of Virtue. 
Warriors of Virtue, the one about they're like kangaroos, That's right? That's the one. Yeah, they look like the kangaroos from uh, from Tank Girl. That's the they look one. like Ice and Tank Girl, except that they're like warriors, perhaps of virtue. He, oh, he's <laughs> that's the one. The yeah, guy, I went. And, yeah, that was that was that. That shows you how long ago it's been. Actually, we just stopped going to see movies. Now we pick and choose. We used to go see everything. That was a yeah. big thing. We saw everything, and mm-hmm. eventually it's reached the point that now it's just we very very pick and choose what we want to see and then wait until we're really really high to pick the other shit you know yeah, damn it's well it's yeah. because we don't have any money well that too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's and it's not surprisingly because of weed no 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 we have our own garden no. it's an octopus's garden so we don't have to worry about it <laughs> how do you grow weed under the sea oh it's hydro never mind okay Hey, darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I just did that. Icon, and I'm going to have to punch you for making a Disney reference. He is going oh, to. Boy, yeah, oh. Disney hates us. Hey, guys, hold on. Hold on one second. I'll be right back. All right. Hold on. Okay. Can you hear this? Uh, uh, here, here's my lighter. Ready? Can you hear this? Oh. Does that look familiar to you guys? Oh. 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 oh, oh. oh you Busted. Oh, that's pretty. I believe. Yeah, are, are there? Are, is, that, is that perk still available? Uh, I, I think there's still like. Well, this isn't the actual lighter. This is the force perspective. Uh, right, right. Uh, are you guys recording this? Can you see me? Should, should I not? Yeah, pick yeah, yeah the, the, the fans can, but fuck them. <laughs> okay. No, I'm actually holding the force perspective version of Wendy Watson's lighter, uh, which was a uh, uh, like like about five times the size of a regular Zippo, and we used it. For- yeah, I think there's still a couple of the, the the lighters we're giving away in the in the crowdfunder. Actually, um, I had them made for the crew, and there were like a That's couple right. of less. I figured, we'd, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, so, but, but let's let's go back to Warriors of Virtue. What exactly happened in that film that made you leave? I'm very curious. I, 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 I honestly, all I, I have kind of a memory block there, and it's not because of the problem. <laughs> and this movie genuinely hurt me. The llama didn't go. He said no. He, he says no, Isaac. I think you're going to see this one on your own. I don't sound that douchey. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I don't. Uh-huh. Uh, well, anyway, so anyway. So I sat... friends and partners, huh? <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So I uh, sat there and I got about maybe 20 minutes into it and I realized huh. just what a masochistic bastard he was being. But I, I it's, and then, and then, you know what this little bastard did? This, this little bastard, it's, years later he does the same thing to me again, only this time the movie he subjects me to is the Smurfs too. Oh! Oh my God! No! Wait, wait! wait. It, this one was justified because oh, this this one was justified. Okay, this rat bastard made me sit through Birdemic. Wow! That uh, happened. Yeah, I did. I did. We did. We, that was. I. I. I'm still kind of. I do feel bad for that dude. Why? We that movie hurt us genuinely caused us physical <laughs> physically, pain. Physically hurt us. The sound going all around the the the, the sound spectrum. You know, it's our ears bled, our anuses bled. It was just a wholly unpleasant experience. It is the worst acting. The fact that uh-huh. something this yeah. horrible, this soon, is becoming a hit. Movies like that should be discovered years after everyone is dead. It's dead. You know, I saw a movie that uh, it was so surreal. It was so bad. It was so awful that I actually wa- it was it was part of a curated series and I actually walked out of the theater because I felt like I was like I had taken acid and I grabbed the guy who curated the the, the movie showing and I said this isn't a real film is it somebody made this as a joke it can't be real it's true and that movie's called Dangerous Men <laughs> Have you heard of this film? 
<laughs> Indeed we have. It's one of my favorite torture films. Holy... I love to put it in in blindfold. Or no, no, I mean, okay. that film makes Birdemic look like, I mean, you know, that film makes Birdemic look like, uh, you know, Stagecoach or Casablanca. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's a level of just ineptitude and, 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 because at least Birde Birdemic, say what you will about it, and we could say a lot, it at least has what appears to be a consistent tone and gesture, right? It's oh, it's, it's very much in the Ed Wood style. I will give it yeah. that. Except Ed Wood's films had consistent sound quality all the way. Through oh, <laughs> but but come on, Dangerous Man. I mean, like, oh my god, the, the oh my god. That's a limey like. like. I, That's a limey like, not in, mine. Indeed, it's one of my mm. favorite masturbatory aids. It is too. It's yeah, it is. It's <laughs> messy in so many ways. Anyway, uh, all right. Now the 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 new middleman story. The new yes, middleman okay, story. Yes. We okay. we really okay. don't want spoilers because we're actually gonna try like hell to try and come to the re to the to reading of this next year. God we really 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 want to bring a camera to the reading of this next year if we get out there and <laughs> our warrants are done. But uh, how? All I know about this is you're combining both the TV show and the comic middleman. How yeah. meta are we getting with this thing? Oh, no, let me tell you something. I, I mean, if you think that the middle... I, you know, io9 uh, wrote a really nice review of, of, of the script. Uh, we, we slipped them the script because they've been big supporters of us, and we thought it'd be nice if they could have an exclusive look at it. And they said that it's that it's probably the most twisted and demented middleman story yet. And it really is. I mean, it kind of it makes the Trout Zombies look like, you know, terms of endearment. Um the story has to do with uh, with parallel universes. Um, it, it, it opens uh, exactly, I think it's something like 12 seconds after the end of the last Middleman comic book. Oh, uh, cool. It, it, so, so, so the, and as you know, that Middleman died. He was killed by Candyman Kang through a, um, uh, through, through a poison dart. But we find out really early on in the story, and I'm not spoiling anything here, is that the agents of Fat Boy, which in the comic book continuity are like are like Spectre, right? They're like they're like the middleman's Blofeld. Um, I'm so, so happy so, you made that reference. <laughs> so, uh, so Spectre, so, that's what made him really happy. Special executive for uh, uh, what is it? A special executive for terrorism, revenge, and extortion, right? Oh, exactly. Uh, Good so, God, this man counter, is a no, counterintelligence, counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. That's what it is. Anyway, so so the agents of Fat Boy, uh, little did we know that for centuries have used a combination in their poison darts of curare, tetrodotoxin, and estrogen um, <laughs> simultaneously uh, kill, uh, reanimate, and mind control their victims, right? So, so, the, so, the, so, so middleman from the comic book comes back as zombie middleman, <laughs> and doing that triggers a, a, a turn of events that winds up causing the two parallel universes to, to collide. Does and then back dance? Uh, no, no, he's, he, he's very, he's, he's, he's vengeful. He's a vengeful spirit of the undead. Oh. And, uh, it's, it's horrible. It's really horrible what happens to him. And then there's a vacuum cleaner involved and parallel universes and <laughs> the, the Clotharians from the TV show. Hi, Aldwin comes back, but he's now Supreme Aldwin. Oh, shit. Uh, cool. You know, there's a lot happening in this book. I, you know, I, 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 I don't know that anybody will understand it who is not me. So it was nice when when I when I read it and it actually made sense to them. I'm like, okay, I'm not insane. <laughs> so, um, uh, it, 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 art crawl is involved. Uh, yes. Uh, everyone's parents is in, are in the book. Do we get to uh, see everyone's parents? Do we get to see yeah. Stump the band? Wait, look, wait, wait, wait. Look at him nod when I say this. Listen, everyone's parents. Everyone. <laughs> that makes me uh, happy. Uh, a special a special prog rock edition of Stump the Band is in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Oh, dude, no, we're, we're, we're our, geeking out. We are is, so geeking out right now. That is our favorite version of that game, by the way. <laughs> and references, to, references to Howard the Duck. I mean, it's all in there. I don't know how we crammed all of that into 60 pages or into, you know, 90 pages of comic book, but it's just, ah, you know, it's going to be great. Oh man! And okay, and please tell the tell all the nuggets about uh, the, the the live reading Uber Cool thing that you. Oh, guys we're are so excited! Yeah. So here. um, so you know, like like okay, so you know, like like uh, the cast is like amazing. They're awesome, and uh, and I sent them emails saying, hey guys, you know, we, we did this at Comic Con eight oh nine. It was really nice. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys have you guys seen the? We did a live reading at Comic Con. Yeah. Of, oh yeah. Oh, the oh, final, yeah, yeah, the yeah. final episode that we just watched, couldn't be seen. We watched. And we it watched. was like the best thing ever. Like I mean, it was such a. It was like honestly, um, I think it was probably the single best day of my life that that day. Um, it was a really sort of peak experience for everybody, and it was really like twelve that episode. By the way, you bastard. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's just mean. Thank you. <laughs> It gets it gets better for everybody. It's okay. Oh, and uh, you know, there's a little bit of a revisiting of that relationship, and it is going to be cool. Oh, so anyway, um, so 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 I thought, why not get the, you know? And by the way, one of the best things about that episode, uh, about, about the live reading, was when when uh, when the the uh, zombie vent when when the vampire episode, um, Andy Research uh, episode about vampire ventriloquist dummies aired. I had added a line to that episode where Wendy references that she owns. Uh, Marv Wolf, Wolfman and Gene Colan's entire run in, in Tomb of Dracula, right? And then, uh, like, an hour after the episode aired, like, I got an email, not an email, I got a, uh, a Facebook message from Marv Wolfman, who apparently really liked the show just on his own. Um, so, so he was actually sitting at the live reading, like, you know, so it was, like, amazing. It was, like, sort of, you just, you know, having people who are legends in, in comics who like your work was really great. So anyway, so I called the cast again, and I said, guys, you know, I'm going to do this crowdfunding. I'd like to do a live reading, and pretty much... I mean, everybody just wrote me back within a day going, yep, we're in. And, you know, so and it's again, it's also better than having all these people sort of, you know, me trying to bully rag them into being in some sort of like a web series where they're wearing costumes made out of toilet paper and they're in my backyard. You know, it's like this way they can come back. They, but you they, know they... that would be really funny. <laughs> well, it'd be funny, but I don't know if it'd be like the room funny, you know. No, like a... no, no, there's a higher quality actor here. That would that that that, that would just be funny. <laughs> All right, we do have a questionnaire. Yeah. We do we were take keep, keeping a look at the time, but before we get to our infamous questionnaire, I got to throw one lost question at you. Uh, you can throw as many lost questions. I have not renounced talking about lost. Oh. <laughs> All right, actually, then I have two. I actually so have okay. two. Floodgates are open. All right, well, actually, no, first off, this is just a compliment. Congratulations on laying the basis for that mythology, for being involved oh, in the you. basis laying. You know what? Uh, it was it was the most amazing, that, that first year of Lost, plus the four months that we spent while the pilot was being shot. Like, my first my first day at Lost was the, was the, uh, was, was the day, was, was let me see, the, my second day was the day that Damon and JJ finished writing the first draft of the pilot. And that was a draft where um, Michael Keaton was going to be Jack and he was going to die at the end of the first act, like Steven Seagal in Executive Decision, right? right. Um, and and I remember there was a very animated discussion internally about whether you could actually kill the white guy in an American TV show. We encourage <laughs> such notions. <laughs> killing, killing the white guy? Yeah, of course. Any... Color is not important. Yes. Kill everybody. Yes, kill Don't anyone. just kill white. Man, kill woman, child, we don't discriminate. 
Well, let me put it to you this way: if you're gonna kill, if you're gonna kill a white guy, and that's okay, you know, I don't know, whatever. I mean, that they made that's for predilection, whatever. I, I don't judge. Uh, you it can't really be the guy who's gonna be your series lead, and I think that the network sort of, but that was, but but that was the kind of stuff that was going on back then. We we're figuring out the show and also trying to really push the envelope creatively and do all these really amazing creative things, and then sometimes get pulled back by the, you know, they came back two days later from the network and they're like, yeah, they said we can't kill the white guy. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so you know, so 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 it was like. Like, like we were trying all of these great things. We we're really putting the show together and all that. And it was an amazing time. So speaking and, uh, of amazing and in creative things, this is just for me personally, because I was one that was involved in it, because the llama really didn't get into the show. Ha <laughs> ha, that's uh, true. He's not a fan. Uh, yeah, okay. He, yeah, see, ha ha ha. I know that you're saying the limey, but I keep hearing the llama, like he's your Sherpa, like he's your, your spiritual guide. It's kind of touching. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I mean it's a support. Yes, exactly. Oh, thank you. Uh, the lost experience. Yes, the lost experience. Who who was the brains behind the story part of that? The story. I don't give a shit about the numbers. That was born to me, but the actual story part of that right. game was amazing. Like like the Rachel Blake and Jamie Silverhearts and yeah. What happened was um, uh, this guy uh, uh, um, at ABC, the, the head of marketing came up with the idea of doing an alternate reality game. They passed it on to Damon and Carlton, and Damon and Carlton basically said to me, we have this, there's this idea, we've got a couple things we want to do with it. I'm like, great. So then we had a, a guy named Jordan Rosenberg, who was a Disney fellow at the time, and Jordan is so great that he actually wound up becoming a writer on The Middleman, and then we're actually doing a pilot together now. So Jordan and I, um, so Jordan and I sort of sat down and broke that story into like four acts. Uh, working with 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 Damon and with Carlton and and with the marketing people and all that, and we actually created like a four act structure for that. Where like the first act was hack the the, the Hanso page, the second act was, uh, you know Rachel Blake and her sort of video story. The the third act was the crowd sort of geocaching part of it, and the fourth act the fourth the fourth act of it was actually much different than what we wound up doing. You know like what we wound up like. Uh, it, it was going to be like like people would go on a worldwide scavenger hunt and then geocache the candy bars and get coordinates and then you would go to a theater where you would watch the final Hanso film and all that. And of course the Disney lawyers were like, well, uh, what if somebody trips? <laughs> what do you mean if somebody trips? I trip every day. Like, no, I mean like, what if they're geocaching the coordinates and they go to where you've hidden the prize and then they trip and then they sue us? And I'm like, they're not going to trip. And they're like, like, well, we're worried they might trip. You can't do that. So it wound up being DJ Dan. You know, it wound up being me doing a radio show with Jordan in a room somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously. But that was there. I remember there were rumors circulating back uh, when uh, that was going on that you were DJ Dan. They hadn't been officially been confirmed. But yeah, yeah it's it's. I, 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 that was fun. Seriously, that was that was. I nice. am in fact DJ Dan. That is that is absolutely true. And and the, the original DJ Dan bits were, you know, one of the reasons why Jordan turned out to be such a great middleman writer is that he wrote the original DJ Dan bits, and then I took them and I performed them, and then DJ Dan became more and more like me the more that we got into it. So so what wound up happening was that Jordan basically had like a nine month month crash course in writing like I talk, which is. Really good for somebody who writes for the middleman. So, <laughs> so that's how he wound up uh, working on the middleman. You know, in addition to being a fantastic writer. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah, so, uh, that's how we can get into business. Okay. All right. Well, well, well. We're still we're still gonna give you. We're gonna make sure once we finally finish the episode, God, uh, we think you'll like what we're doing with it. The okay. Once we finally finish it. Endeavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're, we, 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 we're doing some stuff with it. All right, okay. and one last, one last final yes. question because I need to know, were you rotten on Sequest when it was the future weird shit storyline going on? 
the future of weird chicks. What do you mean by that? In Sequest, in Sequest, when they came back, it was like ten years in the future. Was that was that was that was that that season? Yeah, I was right. The Sequest. Uh, hang on a second. Yep, I was writing on Sequest at that time. Sure. <laughs> Sequest, twenty thirty two, my friend. Hey, dude, no, I, that was when the show, I'm not going to lie, that was when the show got better for me. God bless you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Just because, once again, it's, that's what I like. That's I love it when shows do that. Fuck with you, you know what I mean? Just because <laughs> I want to fan geek out every season finale of Battlestar Galactica, my brain uh, just went paradigm shift with no clutch. What was, great, what was great about that was that we were actually, you know, writing sort of like a weird parallel universe sequest with a new captain, some of the old characters, and I actually wrote... Fucking Michael Ironside. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was you know, you know, we got him because he just done a guest shot on ER, and we were like, "This guy's awesome, get him!" So, anyway, um, Ham so, Tyler, so, man, all I'm saying, oh, Ham Tyler Ham and Tyler, yeah, the red dust, right? Now, what was the name of Ham Tyler's like friend, the the the, the kind of heavy set guy with the beard? You remember all I remember his... is his first name was Chris. That's all I remember. Right, God, that those guys were badass. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> 80s TV badass, man. Fuck Magnum, Ham Tyler all the way. Well, wasn't it great when like a TV badass could be kind of a heavy set guy with a lot of facial hair? It's kind of like, you know, as opposed to like, you know, now it's like Channing Tatum or something. I don't you know. know. BJ, BJ <laughs> and the Bear would never make it today, and that's a sad state of affairs. Yes, the Bear should never have made it back then. What are you talking? About? <laughs> Cocaine's one hell of a drug. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, you know. By the way, you know, people. Everybody's talking about the golden age of television. Golden age of television. You know why there's a golden age of television? There's no cocaine around. <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, seriously. You look at like all of those shows from the '80s. I mean, come on, it's you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You can tell. Oh, and by the way, just to let you know, on our list of TV shows, Battlestar Galactica is number one. Middleman is number two. God, but you know what? Uh, Battlestar is one of the greatest shows ever put on television. Well, you know, to, to us, it is the greatest piece of entertainment in the history, history of history, period. In all Matt, caps, by the way, Matt when we talk about And of course, you mean classic Battlestar. Lauren Green. Uh, 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 we can go back and forth about that. <laughs> Which, whichever one has Richard Hatch on it. Yeah, because we also talked to Richard Hatch, by the way. Hey, you know what? No Daggett, no peace. You talked to Richard Hatch? That's awesome. You're a good man, Charlotte Brown. You're a good man. <laughs> Alright, middle, right. yes. middle movie. Yes, middle movie. Alright, you know what? If we, I mean, look, if we make, if we do more funding, if the funding goes great, I mean, looks like we're going to fund it a couple. Like, we're up to 32 grand now. That's, I think we were up That's awesome. Donation, See, contributions. The fans, the fans are nope. out there. I mean, yeah, I, I remember what, the, the day, end of day one, just going, all right, this, I knew, we knew it was going to happen. You knew this was going to happen after day one, didn't you? I mean, I, the, I, that I, first I, I, I'm a pretty humble guy. I'm not going around going, oh, I mean, I literally was going like, well, I hope people like it. There were, there were times when, when the Middleman comic book came out where I would be at a convention sitting alone at a table with 100 copies of the book trying to give them out by for, for free. And, like, I literally tried to give a guy a copy of the book, and I'm like, hey, how Free copy of the middleman, and the guy's like, "Why?" And I'm like, well, "It's a free comic book. What do you want from from me?" And I'm like, "Nothing. Just have my comic book." And he goes like, "Is there something wrong with it? Will it make me sick?" I'm like, "No, it's my comic book. Have it for free." And the guy's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll take it." And then I'm like, "Do you want me to sign it?" He goes, "No, oh, now I see." I'm like, "What? I'll sign your book." He's like, "For how much? Twenty dollars? Ten dollars?" I'm like, "No, just sign the book. You can have it." So I mean. My history with the middle, it's like Jordan makes fun of me because he'll go to like conventions where I'll be signing my comic books 
And, you know, he, he met me when I was on Lost, and Lost kind of ruled the world for those years, you know. Yep. And he says, you're the only person I know who's traded an audience for millions for, for an audience of tens, you know. Hey, that, so, no. that's our audience, though. you got to understand. That's our audience, <laughs> the audience with, of tens. Go with what you love. Trust yeah, me, well, our, our, our tens are scattered all over the world, but that's our group, too. Well, you, you know what? Middleman is really that for me. And I got to tell you, like, I didn't think we were going to fund this quickly. I didn't know that we were going to fund. I, I was I've been making plans for, OK, maybe we only get part of the money. How do I put up the rest of it myself? Um, it, it, it's it, it, this is it's really overwhelming that it's that it's gone this well. And it, and it is surprising to me. And, and, and I don't mean that as a slam on the fans. I just know that we were not a huge success. We were creatively extraordinarily successful. But commercially, huh? <laughs> See, now, I, I can tell you from personal experience, the fan base that actually understands and follows that show are the kind that don't spend their entire lives on the computer searching technology. Now, they're out there getting more <laughs> cultural experiences, so they just want like, in the chat rooms and forums blowing yeah. smoke up your ass about the golden, amazing goose that it is. No, well, no. you know what? They're also, they're also they're out watching Dario Argento films and Val Luton films and, and not watching Zombies of Moritau, because who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a palate cleanser, goddamn. <laughs> it's a zombie palate cleanser, yeah. <laughs> if that's... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Look at that. We got to We got to Oh, we okay. do. We got to it's, it's, we have a, we know, we know there is time. You are a busy, busy, right. busy, busy Hollywood type person. So... Uh, we should talk. We should spend a minute talking about Helix, if you guys uh, oh, worship. Oh, yes, please, indeed. please. Oh, okay, indeed, then yes, should. yes. Okay, go for you, Ron Moore, whore. <laughs> I, I, I'm co-executive producer on a show called Helix, and it was created by Cameron Persande. Uh, Ron Moore is our executive producer. He's presenting it for the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, I'm working with a, a a guy named Steve Maeda, who is who is our showrunner, who worked on Lost as well. Uh, and uh, it's called Helix. Uh, Billy Campbell, uh, formerly known as the Rocketeer, Yay. but also from Killing and many other shows, is uh, is our lead. It's it's going to be a really really dark, cool, horrific show about a virus outbreak in a in an Arctic station. Um, and uh, you know what? If if you like Ron Moore. Uh, I which think we should do. give this a yeah. shot. Which, it which, is, yeah, it which, is... which, which we do. We can go <laughs> off on a fan geek tangent here. That's all, all I'm going to say is Ron Moore is majorly the driving force behind the one Star Trek I like. Oh, DS9, yes. That's, that's, it's, it's, I respect the original Trek for its place in history, don't get me wrong, but DS9 is my show. Uh, DS9 is my favorite, my favorite Trek. I do. I say that. And I got to tell you something. Um, I recently was having, I was at a party and I was sharing a table with Robert Wolf, who's, who's a friend of mine. Um, and, and the poor guy, there's two things about, about Robert Wolf. He, he, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's a very, very nice man and an extraordinarily talented writer. But every time I see him, I make him wins because I always compliment him, compliment him on creating the Cardassian repetitive epic. <laughs> and he's just like, Jesus Christ, man, enough already with the repetitive, you know. <laughs> so, and by the way, um, the first time I met Hans Beimler, who, as you know, was a co-executive producer of The Middleman and who wrote on, on, on DS9, uh, so I met him actually 10 years before on a show called The Chronicle, which was a show on the Sci-Fi Channel. And uh, so I'm talking to Hans, and we're, we're doing that early sort of getting to know you conversation, you know, where he's like, uh, oh, and what are you working on and all that? And, and and he says something to me like, well, I'm working on a movie about Malinche, who was Montezuma's wife, and blah, 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 yada, yada. And, of course, the first thing I do is, yeah, does that mean that the uh, Excelsior-class ship in the episode for the uniform was named the Malinche because you called it that? <laughs> And he looks at me, I mean, this is literally the first time he's ever spoken to me. He looks at me, he goes, you are a fucking geek. And he left. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's 
That's awesome. So when is uh, when will when will Helix be uh, infecting our eye holes? Middle, uh, your eye holes will be infect other holes too. Oh, the oh, truth oh. will spread. Uh, we'll be infecting all your holes in mid January. <laughs> oh, I enjoy that so much, middle week. Okay. <laughs> now we end this interview like we end yes. all interviews with ten <laughs> questions we stole from Ben Grimm. Bobby, <laughs> who is your favorite doctor? Do you, do you, do now, now let me ask you a question. When you say you stole them from Ben Grimm, do you have to say them like like Ben Grimm and like the Jack Kirby? If you're like, ah, who is your favorite doctor? Okay, anyway. Um, ben Grimm. Well, we could. Would you like? All right. Um, Bobby, okay. who is uh, your favorite doctor? <laughs> um, I have an extraordinary soft spot for John Pertwee because uh, he was kind of the Austin Powers doctor. I love the way he dressed, and, uh, you know, he was just pretty, pretty amazing. He had the Venusian Aikido, um, and he had the shock of white hair. He's probably my favorite doctor right now. We also would have accepted Kildare and Howard Fine and Howard. <laughs> now then. <laughs> oh, so yeah, this, this is going to be a fun question. All right. My, okay, wait a minute. My favorite doctor is Dr. Antonio Grigio Lopez, who's my dad. Oh, well. Who is, like, the <laughs> biggest badass who ever lived. He's, he's a fantastic human being, and he is my idol. But that is acceptable. Doctor, yeah, Doctor Who, it's, it's Pertwee. Okay, next. All right, all right. Who's more annoying? Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog, or the Wonder Twins and Gleek? Uh, the Wonder Twins and Gleek. Absolutely. Thank no. you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, then. Could you? You ever, you ever wish that, like, they'd, they'd be like, a uh, form of confusion? Like, that they would choose abstract concepts to manifest with their ice powers and see what happened? <laughs> They didn't yeah. know what the Kardashians looked like back then. <laughs> oh! <laughs> nice one. <laughs> could okay, you, next. Could you lie about it if you liked big butts? Uh, I cannot lie. <laughs> All right, now. I just can't deny. <laughs> girl walks by with an itty-bitty waist and around thing in your face, you get sprung. Goddamn white people. Uh, <laughs> now, who okay. has the more destructive, abusive relationship? R2-D2 and C-3PO or Tweaky and Dr. Hewer? Oh, R2-D2 and C-3PO. It's like, it's like I can see now with those two. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> now I have this image in my head. I had a C-3PO and R2-D2 singing River Deep Mountain High. After doing <laughs> wearing, uh Wearing purple fur coats. Uh, <laughs> Magic uh, purple fur coats. A, yeah. a sort of a Phil Spector, uh, you know, waving a gun at them from behind the mixing board. <laughs> I offended everybody with that question. Okay, next. If you were making the Doctor Strange films, who would you want to play Strange? <laughs> um, wow, if I were making the Doctor Strange films, who would I want to play Strange? Um, hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a, I think I would go, did you ever see a movie called Jake Speed from the 80s? That you sounds know, really familiar, the name. Yeah, the guy, the guy not only wrote and directed the film, but also cast himself as Jake Speed. I think I would probably, if I were making the Doctor Strange film, I'd just cast me, you know, because who better? <laughs> I, I could, I, yeah. I can see with that I, facial I, hair and that I can outfit. Answer, I, can answer, yes. I can answer the who better question right now. <laughs> yes. I can think of no one. Oh! <laughs> the big towel? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, then, since you yeah. brought it up, this question is quite relevant. In mm -hmm. your version of Howard the Duck, are he yes. and Bev banging? Uh, oh, wow, um, gosh. You know there are pros and cons about that particular decision. Where would you take that? 
Yeah, I, I would have them. I would have them have sex. Okay, all right, all right, valid, totally valid. You. you know what? Because honestly, like, like uh, you know, he's he's not just a duck. He's a man. He's got needs. And, and honestly, why wouldn't they? You know, like, I mean, seriously, you put anything up on the internet within thirty seconds, there's a sex thing for it. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like, of course they're gonna have sex. Absolutely. You know, and I think that that would only deepen the the relationship. So that I don't know that I'd show that I'd show it. But you know, because that because that could you know feathers anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that'd be bad. On the other hand, you can do a lot with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Would you trade a baby human that is not yours for a baby penguin, and it's a really cute penguin? <sighs> wow, this is the dark underbelly. This is like that thing where you push a button and somebody dies who you don't know, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> this question. Somebody's baby gets taken away from me, and a baby penguin shows up at my door, and then I gotta live with that shit. Who are you? evil on me man because that's how we roll that's how we roll uh yes i would <laughs> yes good man and here's a follow-up question would you punch a five-year-old if they really really deserved it uh are there cameras on no no not at all nobody would ever find out that i would punch no, not at all okay um can the five-year-old look like cousin robbie from the brady bunch absolutely yes yes he's going down <laughs> Uh, as a side of me, I would want to show you. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, yes. What yes. standalone Star Wars film would Guys, you do? Guys, how do you know I haven't punched the five-year-old? I hear there's a whole line of them still over here, right, right off camera. You know? <laughs> oh, you know, there's like 25 years. So it's like, okay, next. Bam! Like, John, John Cleese and Time Bandits. Thank you. There you go. Boom. Is next. That, is that absolutely necessary? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, oh, well, right, right. Jolly good. <laughs> yes, that's go right. We that's right. We're quoting Time Bandits. Try and follow audio. All right, keep going. Time Bandits is the greatest film ever made. It is. It is my probably right at this moment in my life. It is my all-time favorite movie. We uh we I, we we sent a we sent a uh hey Mr. Gilliam this is who we are this is what we do here's a Barry Boswick interview think about come playing with us a long time ago and uh, and how many times has he been on now uh not uh, less than one dude that's horrible he should be like the Alec Baldwin of your show are you kidding it's it would that would be it's, he, it's Tara Gilliam we never I never expected a response back but then to be honest I never expected a response back from you so now a stoner can dream. <laughs> Well, I'm here now. Okay. Uh, I go so, next. Uh, okay. You had, you, had, you had Barry Bostwick of Megaforce on your show. Don't sell yourself short. And we talked that about Megaforce. Awesome. And we oh had Richard Hatch. That, oh, and, okay, here's a horror fan geek. We had Barbara Crampton. No shit, really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh yes. my God. Oh, indeed, I love her. And, and let me tell you something. She started following me on Twitter, or I started following her, and then she followed me or something. It was like the best day ever. I was yep. like, oh, my God. And, of course, from Space Truckers. Yep, yep, yep. Chopping Mall, another film, classic right? one. Oh, and you'll fan geek out over this one, too. We also uh -huh. did an interview with uh, three of the Cenobites from Hellbound Hellraiser 2. We had Barbie <laughs> Wilde, we had Butterball Chatterer, and the female Cenobite. That's awesome! Oh, my God. This is, like, the best show ever. Thank you! Ah, Thank you! Guys, it's about so time sure. somebody up there realized just how good we fucking are! All right, quit but I gotta tell you, Barbara Crampton, that is that is fantastic. I, I, uh, I, I, I just, I really... She is somebody who, like, you look at the work she did in those Stuart Gordon movies, and she went for it, and her acting was solid, and she From was great beyond, in those films. I think it's a mind performance. And of course she's, and of course she's gorgeous, but like everybody else in those films, like, 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 uh, uh, God, uh, Jeffrey Combs, and and all of the other actors in those films, like they went for it, and they actually committed to those parts, and they were great in them, you know. Have you seen so, Reanimator the musical? 
I have not. It's played. It's played close to here every once in a while, but I have not had a chance to see it. Oh, we got it, to see it. They've got some fantastic songs. You ought to go see it next time. You got some <laughs> okay. chances. We, we actually got to see it in New York. We have a video, as a matter of fact. We hate New York now, but the video is great. <laughs> Why do you hate New York? What happened? It, it, we'll send you the link to the video. We'll let that. Yeah, it's okay. it solves it. Do. We don't want to talk about. It. We don't want. You'll no. just watch. Yeah, it'll, you, it'll explain. I, question. I, question. Hold on, New York. All right. Sorry, New York is it's painful. Oh, sorry, that that, that cost. Okay, let's let's finish the questionnaire then. I we gotta. What? I, I can hear Ron Moore, like like getting mad at me for not being at the office. <laughs> oh, oh my God. What? By the way, the... Ron Moore's hair is every bit as terrific as it is in those. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, he is he's a good looking man, and he's got the best head of hair in television. That guy, wow. And you can't hate him for it because he's just that cool. Yes. Fantastic. Now, what right. standalone Star Wars film would you do? Hmm, I would do one about uh, working conditions in the spice mines of Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> would, this be, would, this, would this be the Star Wars lame is? Yeah, it would, it would be like a, like a workers' movement that gets horribly crashed when the, when when the uh, when when the people who run the spice mines have to call in an imperial garrison and like we end in a barricade. Yeah, totally, and it'd be a musical. Yes, and then throw in zombies. Yes, and then there's oh, yeah. Kind Star of Wars zombies, exist. man. Star Wars zombies. Uh, yes, that, 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 or, that or Ugnot Attack, the motion picture. Ugna so. When Ugnots attack. <laughs> Ugnots attack, that's right. You know, them, them taking their shirts off, little, you know, the, the <laughs> pixelated nipples. It'd be a blast, man. Throw or, beads everywhere. All right. They have, have two rows of nipples. <laughs> <They're like this. laughs> oh, that's a very scary and slightly irrelevant thought. And yeah. finally. Finally. Assuming, of course, that heaven exists. Mm -hmm. And assuming, of course, that you get there. Mm -hmm. And assuming, of course, that God likes you, which, heads up, uh, she does. You know, we've been dead. We know. <laughs> so trust me on this. Trust me on this one. Yeah, we, we know. Um, and, and God, she gives you one wish. Mm -hmm. Would you use that one wish to make a middle movie? Middle movie. <laughs> middle movie. Middle movie. Are you going to choose between world peace and a middle movie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can't choose between an end to world hunger and a middle movie. That's it. Yep, yep. It's, yep. it's, it's world peace or a middle movie. It's world peace or a middle movie. That's your choice. I would actually, I would do one of those things that five-year-olds do where they negotiate the wish. I would say, I want to live in a world so benign and perfect that a middle movie is a foregone conclusion. Oh. And in that world, there would be no hunger and there would be peace and there would be a middle movie because, hey. But, however... There'd be like like uh, the middle movies would be like the Star Wars prequels because like something has to be bad for everything else to be good. So like, how, is that the world you guys want to live in? A world with with peace and 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 and, and no hunger. But there's like middleman is like the biggest franchise in the universe and it sucks. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> now, like we said before, like I said, that's the perfect thing about that show. Twelve episodes, and each twelve, and each episode is fucking perfect. Brilliant. So it's that's that's it. Javi, sir, you have. You have graced us with your presence. This is thank you very much. We're still hard. We've been hard this entire time, and it's not awesome. going to be going away. Okay, cool. Me too. That's, that's one of the reasons we haven't invested in a camera yet. <laughs> well, I'm just glad I haven't stood up because I know that I'm on a camera. So yeah. It's all right of that. Oh. We don't record. We don't record the videos, just so you know, just the audio. But we have been taking mental notes. Oh, and yes. by the way, he's he's go he's going to appreciate our goodbye. You are going to appreciate how we oh, yes, personally may. say goodbye. You may join us afterwards, so you can be late. That's all right. So again, thank you so much. This has been a joy. Middle movie, O2 STK. Go spend money. Let's get this sucker funded. Finish it. It's so close, people. Just we give them it. a couple just, more just, dollars. Do it, do it, do it. it. <laughs> and, 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 and we won't kill you. And okay. on that note, 
Namaste. Oh, namaste to you guys. <laughs>